John, is that you? Yes, yes, it's me. I'm hoping you're not still mad at me. No, no. I've had some time to process. Um, I've had some time. It's not the quiet word. May I say disappointed? Disappointed. (laughs) Sound like a parent. I'm not mad at you. You. I'm just Just disappointed. Disappointed. I... I thought maybe you were a better person than that. I thought you perhaps a little bit more class with a capital K. <laughs> the capital K for Keanu. Uh, anyway, yes, I've gotten over um, the fact that uh, the Matrix was not in your top ten of all science fiction movies. It was close. It was close. You can't get any closer than the top ten than what I had it at. So I can't wait to hear what you think. The 10 movies you yes. think that were better. What crap shows do you think are better than anyway? Oh my God. I'm well, going to limit you to three times that you're allowed to say, <laughs> what? You put that above the matrix. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like my phone, my phone, my phone, my friend options. You only get three. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it, it's a good thing that I've taken a little time. Good. Uh, because it allowed me to help the inmate at the women's prison finish the her heart memoir. Yes. Shanks for the memories. Shanks for the memories. Um, right. And we were able to keep the title. Very pleased right. with that. So, right. you know, check Amazon. It uh, The book should be out in a few months. Very exciting. Nice. Um, but in the meantime, you know, a girl's got to eat, right? So uh, thanks again to Josh Palmer and Associates. Just so supportive in my search you know, for my purpose and my career. Um, mm-hmm. I started yesterday. Oh my God, this is like one of the most interesting things I've ever done. Started yesterday at the factory. I'm a potato ice greener. I've never heard of that before. Please because, elaborate. <laughs> I mean, you know, some of these potatoes, way too many eyes, uh, you know, and you can't just willy nilly throw the potatoes out there into the world, into the grocery store for the common right. person to purchase. Okay. Um, and you know, I've just been doing my thing, potato eye evaluation, analysis, screening. We Does have this base- a, involve a potato eye chart or a potato yeah. pupil dilation? Hello. I mean, the okay. eye chart. The, well, what do I do it, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> here, I've been through the training. I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, now, it, the tricky part is when you have to dilate them, you know, but uh-huh. honestly, you learn after seven or eight of them and you get the process down. So okay. I think. Been well, if anybody successful. can do it, if anybody can do it. Honestly. But um, although, but I'm starting to think that this job sounds a little bit made up, which is. A good segue into our movies that we're talking about. (laughs) Well, first of all, how dare you question me? We've been friends long enough. Thanks for the memories. I'm a, I'm, Hey, I'll be the first one to add it to the cart when it comes on (laughs) amazon.com. Hopefully it's prime shipping because I don't buy nothing unless it's prime shipping, man. Come on. You better be having some. Or maybe I'll just get it on the Kindle. That way it's free delivery. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Who's who's doing the audio book? Um, well, I, it, I'm going to do a couple Remember of chapters. Martha from Cell Block C? <laughs> Serial killer Sally from yeah. solitary confinement. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Well, so. All right. A lot of good well, projects. Janet, out Janet there has Janet. to go buy some uh, potato <laughs> eye 
pupil dilation medication. So <laughs> we need to finish our list. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to another episode of Should I Watch That? Email is shouldiwatchthat21.com. Find us on the Twitter. Find us on the Facebook. Yes. Uh, and our last podcast, we explained that we were going to do a top 10 list of sci-fi movies. And we just decided, or I just decided, that this is a genre that we love so much, we cannot narrow it down to top 10. And thank God, based on what happened in the last <laughs> podcast, that we didn't do just top 10. So our last podcast, we, we said we're going to do top 20. In the last podcast, we did 20 through 11. And the shocker of the all shockers is that Sean does not have The Matrix, which is one of Janet's favorite movies of all time, in his top 10, <sighs> although it is 11. So if we would have done top 10, the Matrix would have been absent from my list. I might have gotten a bomb in the mail and the podcast might have been over because the friendship Campbell. that has lasted since <laughs> Spanish class in high school in Trinity, North Carolina would be over, over, over. But uh, so we will not recap our list, but I will say that it was the, the, the controversy as Janet <laughs> likes to call it was that the Matrix was number 11 on my list, not on the top 10. So, mm. And, uh, and I'm sure you are going to hear that name, that movie, spoiler, in, in, our, in our podcast this time, which is our top 10. Top 10. 10 yes. through 1. So, we're going to kick it off. We're going to kick go, it you, off. You, you, we're we're going to follow the same pattern. I guess I'll go first. Yeah, yeah first it's your turn. Time. You go first. Okay. Number 10 on my list is part of a franchise of which there have been many, many movies. <laughs> Yes. But this is my favorite, um, and it would be Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, with Ricardo Montalban playing Khan uh, from the television series. Okay, Janet's making a face. <laughs> and this is what she wants to say, but because I've only given her three times to say it, she wants to say, you put that above the Matrix. Thank you for right. saying it for me so <laughs> I don't waste one of my three. <laughs> I didn't burn one. I didn't burn one. <laughs> Okay, so um, I like the movie. Uh, it I, I saw it at the right age again. Okay, we, we talked about this in our last mm -hmm. list. There are certain movies that I saw at the right time, and it really hit me. Uh, uh, I, the performances throughout um, are really, really good. It's a such a wonderful follow-up to the first Star Trek movie, which was horrible. Um, and, and I'm I, and I'm not and I'm not a Trekkie. Okay, or Trekker, or whatever I'm supposed to say. And I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy Star Trek. I've seen all of the series except for Deep Space Nine. I haven't finished watching that one yet. I like spending time in that universe. Uh, there's several of the movies that I really, really like. It's just I thought this had the most quality performance. It revisited an old favorite character. Um, you know, it introduced the concept of Kirk having a child, which you know I never really thought about. Um, uh, wonderful performances again by Leonard Nimoy and, and uh, DeForest Kelly as the doctor and Mr. Spock and classic characters. They had to pop up on my top 20 list somewhere. So I just pick, and it's the only Star Trek movie that I think I've seen more than multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, at the time had a little bit of a controversial ending, which they sort of undid because it's space and science fiction and we can do whatever we want to do in terms of who we kill off. But, uh, just, just a fun, just a fun, a fun movie for me. And I'll bet it, I, I know it's nowhere on your list. I know it's not. I, Do you even I, like it? You don't have no, to. No, no. I, I mean, 
I guess there's a level of respect, right? Right. For what it was and what it became. Fan of the Trek? Are you a fan of that universe? Because I never think, yeah, I've never think I saw you mention it really. So, no. Okay. Um, But again, it's one of those where, you know, there there might have to be money involved if you really wanted me to watch it. (laughs) You've never seen it? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Um, if I have, I probably blocked it out, but it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not my thing. But again, you know, I have respect for what it was in its time and what it became and then right. pity for what it eventually turned into and then modicum of respect for what it came back as with Chris Pine sort right. of. Right. And, and the Cumberbatch. So. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, and I enjoy those movies too, sort of the rebooting of the universe kind of a thing. But, but again, uh, it, 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 this has a lot to the movie. It has a lot to do again with the age that I saw it and the time that I saw it. And, and, you know, and I, and I'm not, and I'm not a convention goer. I don't dress in costumes or anything like that. (laughs) Thank God. And, and, And I even recognize that, uh, to a certain degree, I know that William Shatner, you know, overacts and stuff a lot, but mm-hmm. it's just, uh, <laughs> it's, it, I can't, I can't, I can't explain it other than that. It's gotta be, that movie had to be, it had to be in my top 10, uh, because of the place it holds in my heart. So that's, that's, mm-hmm. th- that's why I put it at 10. So, well, and, and I, I will, I will respect on the rest of the nine though, because <laughs> <laughs> I I respect uh, the fact that you have a history and a soft, yes. warm place in your heart for it. Therefore, I cannot judge. Um, some of them you're going to like. I'm some of them. Okay, like. and I will right. judge you later on. So that's okay. All right, number ten. <laughs> I, I got to know, man. I'm getting, I got to know. All right, number ten. It's from 2005. Mm-hmm. Directed by Joss Whedon. Uh, Nathan Fillion, Gina Torres, Alan Tudyk, Morena Baccarin, and Serenity. Okay. Um, I was a big fan of Firefly, uh, a TV yeah. series that did not last long enough. Criminally underproduced. Uh, just Criminally. They, talk about talk about an injustice of television history. Is yes, that movie had such a wonderful setting and a wonder, just a great setup of. It's the old West in space. Why hasn't anybody? I mean, I'm sure other people have done it, but it's well. Uh, Will Will Smith tried to do it, sort of. Well, but, yeah. Well, it was the Western with aliens, and it sucked. Anyway, yeah. Um, but the, I just and I'm I, probably some of this goes back to the fact that I'm a huge fan of Nathan Fillion's as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Alan Tudyk, um, Miranda Baccarin. Just loved her in Homeland, uh, but. It, it kind of it, it well, and Deadpool. Hello. Um, <laughs> uh, so the the movie kind of it, not necessarily picks up where the TV show leaves off, but it it follows the same storyline and kind of right. you know develops the characters a little bit farther. Um, specifically, one of the characters, uh, her name is River Tam, and she is kind of a woohoo a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but it's because of some things that have been done to her. Anyway, uh, it, it brings all of the characters back into their original roles. And, I mean, Nathan Fillion, I, I don't know that it gets much better. Uh, yeah. I really don't know that it gets much better. And the movie delivered everything that the TV show did. And 
just loved it. Yeah, and uh, Adam Baldwin as Jane. Adam Baldwin, just, yes, yes, that's his. <laughs> I was trying to remember the the last name. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, he's uh, underappreciated. Uh, he he's a guy that I think I think he plays a type of character very well. But um, three things that he's been in that I've absolutely loved have been Serenity, Firefly, um, Chuck. also Chuck. He's <laughs> fantastic in Chuck. He's brilliant and, in Chuck. And also uh, a movie called uh, My Bodyguard when he was a much younger person with Chris Makepeace. I don't know if you ever saw that. I never saw that. But it's a uh, very young Matt Damon. Uh, but uh, Chris Makepeace, who uh, was in um, uh, Meatballs, a lot of people, he was the kid in Meatballs who uh, befriended Bill Murray, uh, who didn't have a, and ran the marathon at the end of the race, but uh, ran the uh, at the end of the Camp Olympics and stuff was the, ah. The, the nerdy kid who was the hero in the eighties. He had a, he, again, he was another one of those actors. And in the eighties, he had like a four or five year stint where he was in a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, but, uh, he, he plays, uh, um, uh, Adam Baldwin plays a young person that a very mysterious person that nobody knows about, but he's a real scary looking guy in high school. <laughs> and Chris Makepeace hires him to be his bodyguard against Matt Damon or Matt, not Matt Damon, Matt Dillon. Sorry. Matt, Matt Dillon, Dillon. Okay. Who's the, who's, a, who's the school bully. And gotcha. um, it's a, it's a really, really good movie. But anyway, good choice. Uh, boy, Firefly talk about something that should have been mm-hmm. brought back and had a much like, I guess Fox really screwed that show because they, they played it. They played the episodes out of order. They kept yeah. moving the time spot. A lot. Has it lived on in fiction? Do you know if there's books that have been written? Probably. Oh. I would I don't think, know. but I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know. anyway, just and, and, great cast of characters. And and Joss Whedon, if that name doesn't ring a bell, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, he mm-hmm. he did all that TV series. Um, I think he did Angel, but was involved with the, the spinoff Angel. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's something big recently that he also did that I can't well, remember. He did the Avengers. He was the director eh, of the Avengers. There you go. Thank you. Well, yeah, that's big. And also, and also he, 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 uh, much to people getting pissed off. I mean, he, he stepped in for Zack Snyder on justice league when Zack <gasps> Snyder kind of left right. in the middle of the movie and he came in and, and people hated his interpretation yeah. and which led to the Snyder cut yeah. Zack Snyder hashtag first episode of this podcast. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. It's wonderful. We're already polished when we when we do that. We're so wonderful. Yes, we're fantastic. So. But anyway, yeah, good choice. I, I, spoiler, not on my list, but I love the show. And mm-hmm. the movie did a really good job of, of wrapping up some pretty yeah. crucial plot points. That, that the, the, So watch, if you can, now watch the show first. It's only, it's only 13 episodes, isn't it? Um, it's not, it's not a full you. season. It's not a full season. But you definitely need to watch the show first because it's you're not gonna you're not gonna have the context uh, for the stuff um, that happens in the movie and it was really a labor of love I think it, from a fan mm-hmm. outrage or you know, movement or something to please make a movie so we can wrap up these characters kind of thing so yep you can it looks like you can watch it on Amazon or Hulu yeah yeah and it's not a full season it's only one season yeah. and I think it's abbreviated so good show yeah. good, good show. show. Good show. All right. As I, as I peruse my top 10 list, I'm really starting to see the eighties influence. I, a lot of these movies I saw when I was between the ages of 15 and 18. So I, I think really? there's that is so that, interesting. Yeah. There it's, it's all in when you watch them, I think. So yeah. anyway, my number nine is from 1987 
And it, again, this is a movie that I don't think has aged very well, uh, at least in terms of its special effects. Um, but it is a dystopian future uh-huh. that is set in Detroit. Uh, and it is a, has a lot of satire in it about corporate America and excess set around uh, the Detroit Police Department. And the movie is RoboCop. Mm-hmm. with Peter Weller. Um, mm-hmm. Now, some of the effects have not aged very well in terms of the stop motion animation. It really looks, you know, like uh, I think maybe Stan Winston might've been the one that did it, but uh, it looks very clash of the Titans. <laughs> if you've seen that movie in certain areas, but, um, but the setup for the movie, the ridiculous commercials that are in the movie that they show you that are on television about, board games that people play and the crazy stuff that's on the news that it's sort of set in a pseudo futuristic world where, you know, crime is out of hand and corporate America sort of controls everything. And, and, uh, and RoboCop is the product of a company of a, of a company that's possibly meant to maybe replace police officers at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's violent it is rather violent. There's some graphic areas in it that are, that are really violent. I remember going, I took my, I, I, I recommended this movie to my mom and we went to the dollar theater to see this movie. Your and mom, my mother. And she actually liked it. She said, now really? it was, yes. Yeah, she said, now it was, it was, I was surprised she agreed to go with me. Cause it was been, a, it was long after it had already come out and it was already at the, the dollar theater over there in high point, you know, in that little crappy place where Zayers used to be. Remember that? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, and so we saw it there and when it was over, uh, she was like, now, I don't know. I, 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 I she, she said, I kind of get what they were doing there. Uh, she didn't wasn't down with all of the, you know, graphic violence, but she's like, I, I understand what they did, but, uh, I just, I still, I still remember whenever they turned him on and they said, what's your objectives? And he said, serve the public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law. And I was just like, and then of course the, the secret fourth objective, which you didn't learn about until the end of the movie. But anyway, it's probably too high on my list again, but again, this movie came out when I was like 17, 18, and it was just mm-hmm. the perfect movie for a 17, 18 year old to see. So Okay, so I remember, see, okay, and I, I think probably one of the reasons that our lists don't overlap too much mm-hmm. is because back then I would go to see a movie, but I wasn't a crazy movieophile. Right. This was restricted, like I, Janet. This was restricted, Janet. Yeah, that only that was, saw I was, stuff. Yeah, I was, Janet was very restricted through a certain point in her life. Um, But but, I mean, I remember seeing it, but I remember is there's a scene where he like rips a whole guy's spinal cord out or something. That's RoboCop Uh, too. Oh, whoops. Okay. never mind. Um, Those everything after RoboCop, including the reboot, don't bother. (gasps) Okay. 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 Here we go with a little bit more controversy. (laughs) I... And this is possibly because I am a huge fan of Joel Kinnaman. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed the remake of RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so what, and I'll just go ahead and a little bit of a spoiler, my honorable mentions. um, I, I lumped them together. uh, The RoboCop 87, the RoboCop 2014, Mm -hmm. um, just as anyway, I, I just, I love Joel Kinnaman. And I, yeah, and, I, well, Jack Earl Haley was really good in the reboot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the guy that played, uh, um, he was in Watchmen, um, but he also played the Kelly in the Bad News Bears. 
uh, as a ah, very young wow. as a very young boy. But uh, that's another guy I think doesn't get enough work is Jack Earl Haley. I think he's a wonderful actor, but um, mm-hmm. he doesn't look classically gorgeous. So I think he doesn't get there's certain yeah. roles he has to get. So yeah, but yeah, I mean uh, the 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 reboot. I was just it's one of those ones. Like, why are you no? You don't have to do that. And so I'm not saying that it's not a, a, you know, a quality movie. It's just watch the first one. Don't bother. But anyway, that's my opinion. Yeah. And again, you have that kind of emotional. I've got that connection connection. to it because Mm -hmm. I saw it at the right age and that's why it popped up in there. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be a recurring thing for me, I feel. (laughs) Well, then lucky for everybody who are millions of listeners, Mm -hmm. um, because I'll just go ahead and say my list is going to be a little different than that. So, okay. Yeah, there we go. So we're at All number right. nine for you. No, number nine. Um, I did another coupling, if you will. Uh, okay, that's fine. Because, fun. yeah, because I, I didn't, I couldn't separate it's coming, the two. It's coming for me. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. So if you know me, uh, you know that literally everything in life, I can in some way, shape or form link back to the X-Files. Yes. So um, I went with the two X-Files movies as my number nine. I coupled them together. Uh, We had the X-Files from 1998 directed by Rob Bowman. And then the X-Files colon, I want to believe from 2008 directed by Chris Carter uh, Mm -hmm. with the always lovable and brilliant David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson uh, William B. Davis is the cigarette smoking man. Mitch Pileggi is the assistant is assistant director Skinner. Um, all of the characters come back for the movies. Um, the first one probably hit a little closer to home with me as yeah. far as, you know, really it was int- directly tied into the series. It really was because so yeah. the series ran from 93 to 2002 and the first one came out in 98. So it kind of carried the plot line a little bit uh, yeah. from the TV shows. Because this is the one with the bees and, you know, how the bees mm-hmm. were carrying the virus. And just about when Mulder and Scully had had an, all this sexual tension that had been building mm-hmm. since September of 1993. And, you know, he's going to kiss her. And she's like, bing. She gets like stung in the neck by the bee that got caught under her jacket with the big shoulder pads anyway um so that one <laughs> she always wore those big shoulder pads i was wondering how you're gonna bring hair and fashion into and our always but, but you know it, i do yes you know i do um <laughs> it, and then the second movie was i mean it was just as good to me but it was like good in a, in a kind of different way you know it, ex, it expanded on the whole the aliens are real thing. And of course there is literally an entire alien spaceship under the ice. Um, And, you know, he rescues her, she rescues him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, How does you feel about the, 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 the series re it's not a reboot, but the, the little sort of mini series that they did, what was it? It was like six, seven episodes. I can't mm -hmm. remember where they, where they brought the characters back. Did you like that? Did you think it was well done? Uh, besides the fact that uh, Jillian Anderson looked anorexic oh, okay. and her hair was for shit. Um, Gave you another a, opportunity to mention was, makeup yeah, thank and you, hair. So thank you. Figure. Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> it was a wig. Um, but I, besides the fact that she looks anorexic in it, 
it was hysterical. I mean, yeah. the, the comedic side of some of the episodes was as good or better than the original. Yeah, it was it, the I, the one-off episodes that they had, which yes. weren't part of the continuing plotline, I think were better than the ones that did continue sort of the overarching plotline of the whole yes. show. Yes, yes. Um, but I, was it a was it was it supposed to be an attempt to bring it back full bore, or was this just oh we're going to do this just as kind of a hoot and give the fans some more of what they want kind of thing? Or I, I think it was more of a hoot. Um, okay, it, but I mean to to me. There's you couldn't have stopped me from watching it, yeah. And the episode with the lizard man, I that was, you know, that's the one I thought of. That was really funny. Oh my god, that was you really can tell funny. by its shape that it's quite rectangular. Yes, it has three thousand gigabits of pixel bits. I anyway, <laughs> anyway, or, or the one where all of the technology turns on them. And anyway, the, some really really good stuff. Um, yeah, and that was yeah, in that 2016 was- that they rebooted. Um, but yeah, the, the movies, the movies were just long episodes and they were really good. And it's one of the things where I, I I bet you're giving it more points just because of the, I know the love that you have for the show. So yeah, I I mean, if you had never seen the X-Files and you watched the movies, you'd be like, oh, well, that's interesting conspiracy alien stuff. Okay, have right. a great day. But, you know, t- to love the characters and to love everything about it like I do, it put it a little bit higher on the list probably. Cool. Yeah. All right. Number eight for me is from the same year as my last one, 1987. So you, you're sensing a pattern here. So uh, 80s movies pattern. galore. Um, this is a movie that uh, some people might go sci-fi, really. Hmm. <laughs> um, it started out as an action movie, uh, but I think morphed into a science fiction movie. It's from 1987, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator. So, I support um, you. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, a good a, a good ensemble cast. Carl Weathers is in it. Um, Jesse Ventura. Uh, former governor Jesse Ventura. Um, I ain't got time to bleed. I mean, it's uh, it's sort of like a. It's got a. It's it's a very classic ensemble macho man soldiers mercenary type. Let's go in the jungle and blow stuff up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's Arnold at the height of his acting ability. You know, ugh, but anyway. Um, anyway. This okay, it's Arnold. We all know what Arnold yep. is. Okay, he's not, you know, Matthew McConaughey or uh, Dustin Hoffman or anything. But uh, people, you know, our group of soldiers go to the jungle um, to rescue on a, on a mission they think is to rescue some people, but turns out it's more CIA ish covert kind of thing. Um, and as Arnold Schwarzenegger said, it's all bullshit. All of it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Arnold, uh, but they they quickly learn that they are being hunted um, by an alien who, you know, for his kicks, likes to go and hunt things and hunt creatures. Now, this ballooned into a plethora of sequels and uh, spinoffs and all sorts of things that are diminished in quality. I think I've seen all of them, maybe. Um, but you know, it's just going back to the well, you know, it's a great creature creation, mm-hmm. um, that they did. Uh, there's a guy named Kevin Peter Hall, who actually was the person that was in the suit and flashback man to eighties TV. 
if you ever saw the show, The Misfits of Science, which was on for about a season, it was a comedy show about a group of people that had special powers because of uh, accidents or, or, or things that had happened to them that went out and worked for the government, the FBI, CIA to solve crimes. Courtney Cox was in it as a very oh young my person. God. <laughs> oh my God. And Kevin Peter Hall, who was about seven, three, he was a very tall actor, but he, he, the, the hook of the movie, his power was he was an incredibly tall man who could shrink. Uh-huh. to a very small size. So he could be like Ant-Man kind of a thing, but he was yeah. in that show, but he was the guy that was in the the suit the whole time, but just uh, a fun movie that morphs um, over the movie, becoming a straight up eighties action movie into sort of like this monster movie, fun all around. Uh, again, I know I saw it at the right time. This was again, 17, 18, 19 year old Sean, perfect movie for a kid like me to see. And it was just, it's a fun ride the whole way through. So, well, I, I, that's one of those that I saw later in life because clearly that was way too right. crazy and violent. Do you for consider that sci-fi? Do you think oh, sci-fi? Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's alien. There's, there's an alien, yeah. completely sci-fi. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was classic, you know, a bunch of guys smoking cigars, blowing shit up, killing things, right. angry. Catchphrases galore. Catchphrases, yeah, in the jungle, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I agree with you. Anything after the original Predator is never. It's, I'm not going to call it garbage. It's just you, you're not going to recapture that same. No, you're never. Yeah. And especially when you know they didn't bring Arnold back. Because no. I feel like I watched the first one and then I just watched the second one right after it. And I was like, yeah. where's Arnold? Danny and Glover I, you, and Gary Busey and Bill Paxton are in that no, movie. You're like, what? No. And it's set so in sorry. Los Angeles. No, no. Bye-bye. So sorry. You left the jungle. You left Arnold behind. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, And and then it even morphed. There's the alien versus predator. And I'm like, really? It's like um, uh, uh, Jason versus whatever. (laughs) Freddy versus Jason. I'm like, really? I mean, are we desperate for money? Um, But the original, I'm I'm totally with you. It's actually one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. But only the original. So... All right, that's num- my you. number eight. So we're on your number eight. All right, number eight is from 2011, uh, directed by Neil Berger, Bradley Cooper, Abby Cornish, Robert De Niro, and the movie is Limitless. Oh, yeah, saw it. Love, absolutely love this movie. Had a um, short-lived TV show, I think, too, didn't it? Which was also very good, if okay. anyone is interested in watching it. Uh, so, and, and Bradley Cooper, uh basically he and i don't know it i mean yes science fiction i yeah i mean it's advanced tech that makes somebody okay it's fine there you go okay uh but he's he's a writer uh struggling you know he's kind of depressed nasty apartment can't deliver the pages he's supposed to broke up with his girlfriend life falling apart blah, blah blah and we I'll just fast forward that part where he finds some pills uh, in ZT and he takes one and suddenly his mind is operating at a thousand percent. Everything is clear. He's focused the ideas, the energy, the, you know, everything he reads, he, you know, he comprehends and he, it, it just turns him into the, 
absolute best version of himself. Right. But the 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 trick is it's not just that one pill because when you come down, boy, do you come down? Um, So, you know, then it takes us almost like a caveman because he's so used to the, exactly. Um, So, you know, then he, well, I don't know, watch it, but he, he has to continue because he likes the way he feels so much. It's not enough to just know that I've got, a handful of these and I'll never be able to feel that way again. Right. Um, so, and then enter Robert De Niro and his relationship with him. And uh, anyway, I, it's, it's got a lot of action, but it's very, it's also cerebral, which I like. And it's a little disorienting, you know, the way he feels like the more he's on the, the pills and what it does to him. But then you also see the positive side of it. You know, what if we were able to use as much of our brain power as we have, as opposed to deciding just to watch something on Netflix and eat a cookie? Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'd, it's great, great movie. It stands the test of time, I think. It's, I mean, even now it's 10 yeah, years I've, old. I've seen it. I've seen it once, I think. I've only seen it once. And I don't remember where this where this popped up in Bradley Cooper's, uh, you know, rise to stardom. I don't know if this was... Mm-hmm. Was this kind of at the beginning cusp of it? Was he pretty well established at this point as being? I I feel like he was pretty well established because I yeah. remember when the movie came out, I was like, oh, cool, I like him. Okay. Um, but, but this just, was this was after this was after Wedding Crashers, right? Let's see. So Limitless was 2011. Okay. Yeah. Um, his first his first something was in 99 and 2000. Um. Wedding Crashers was 2005. Okay. Yeah. So it was well before it. Yeah. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, he is one of those actors that when I look at him, I, he's so attractive. Yeah. <laughs> like I could say that. I'm secure. Right. Up my man. <laughs> and he, and he did, he did such a good job in Wedding Crashers playing the jerk. Every time I see him, it's like he's got like this punchable face because I, because, because I think about him in Wedding Crashers. Uh huh. But he is, so good in so many things that I've seen him in. I mean, he was good in, uh, he was in, um, yes, man. Uh, uh-huh. with, as, as Jim Carrey's friend, yes. even in that small little role, he was very sincere and he was very good. And, and I, and I, and I know I'm a Marvel guy. I got to give him crop props because he is hilarious as rocket raccoon. Oh my Guardians God. Of the I galaxy. Know. I mean, I he's just, very, very talented guy. And it, it, I guess it makes me mad because it's like that much talent should not be wrapped up in somebody that looks that good. It's like, okay, you know, the Lord gave you a little bit too much in the genetic <laughs> lottery. It's kind of the way I feel about Chris Helmsworth sometimes. It's like, yeah, there's, like, there's this great, it, there's this great interview with uh, when Ghostbusters came out with uh, Melissa McCarthy, when they're on that, was that Graham Northern show in, in, in England? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Where they talk about. Chris Helmsworth and, and Melissa McCarthy pins it. She's like, at some point it's just too much. She's like, <laughs> right. I've never, I've never ri- wished for somebody to be so much of a jerk and then have him be just so, you know, wonderful and, 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 and just a nice person. And, and he was funny and he's like, he's funny and he's good looking. And then there was a part in the movie where we thought we we're going to have him sing. And he's like, well, I can carry a tune. And so he just started singing and he sounded like a songbird. And I was oh just my like, gosh. shut up. Just, you can't have another. And Bradley Cooper's that way. He's like, yes. you can't have another thing. And then he comes out with the star is born and what 
has a top 10 hit with Lady Gaga and, you know, wins an Oscar probably for best original song. I mean, it's right. just. And do you know, he speaks, he's, he, ta- he taught himself French and he was oh, on a. Shut up, Janet. I don't no, I'm serious. He was, <laughs> he was on a French talk show and did the interview in French. He oh, answered all the questions. And, and I was like, Oh my God. But if you, so if you remember, he was also, he did the hangover in 2009. Yes. Yeah, and then Me? he did um, A Team in 2010. So by he the was time, face, yes. Uh-huh. So by the time Limitless rolled around, he was pretty <sighs> well known. Bradley, just just take a break. And I think yeah. she's married to he's married to like some international supermodel or something. Oh, like probably. That. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. okay. Well, maybe I need to revisit that movie. I know I've only seen it once. Yeah. So I'll, I'll mark her down as. Yeah, as a, and as a um, revisit. And the TV series for sure. I think it had maybe a couple of seasons, uh, but okay. it was real, the, the guy they had playing the part did a really good job. I mean, he's and, it was, really and it was the same character. Uh, yeah, it was the same it, character. Uh, okay, it was no Brad, he was no Bradley Cooper, but okay. Was, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, we're for my number seven. Number seven is where we're at now. My number mm-hmm. seven. We are finally getting out of the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> but we might revisit it. I don't know. Um, my number seven is actually uh, from 1999. It starts out as a comedy and sort of a send up of all things sci-fi and then turns into a pretty decent little science fiction movie. And that would be, can you guess, Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, and Alan Rickman in Galaxy Quest, where uh, the first half of the movie is them. Make, she's Janet's making a face like she hates this movie. <laughs> You're, you're going to get hate mail from members of my family if you say too many things about them. It, okay. start, it starts out as a complete and total send-up farce of all things Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is quite obviously a send-up of the Star Trek original TV show with um, uh, uh, William Shatner and the like. And mm-hmm. these, are mem- these are people, members of the cast, who go to science fiction conventions where people are dressed up as their characters and uh, Tim Allen just eats it up. He loves every minute of it. And his fellow cast members are kind of sick of it. Alan Rickman is hilarious. Yeah. As playing the Shakespearean actor who uh, got this little part as a goof to pay the rent. And he's never been able to escape it um, uh, by playing uh, whatever this character. I can't even remember his name. But he's, he's in the full <laughs> head makeup or anything like that. Alexander yeah. Dane is yeah. Tony Shalhoub is in it. A wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, supporting performance by Sam Rockwell as basically the red-shirted guy in Star Trek who always dies. <laughs> and he is, he, his name is Guy. And uh, they go to a place. Well, don't open the door. Is there air? You don't know if there's air. And uh, you don't, do you know what my name is? I don't have a name because I died 15 minutes into the show. But I'm red shirt number two. But anyway, they, they, the first part of the movie is just a lampoon of, 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 of that type of show. Mm-hmm. And then they get transported to what they think is another representation, but it's actually an alien race who has recreated everything that they ever worked on, on the show. And it's real and they have to fight an alien. And it goes from being funny to being pretty decent for a little action comedy. And the movie just holds a special place in my heart because it makes me grin uh, uh-huh. the way that they, just so perfectly made fun of 
uh, Star Trek while also making a fun action movie. So you hate it, don't you? You hate Galaxy Quest. I don't hate is a strong word. Um, I'll, I'll use the phrase that I've used very frequently in my life. Um, once was plenty. Oh man. I've seen this movie at least six, seven times at least. Uh, yeah. What once was, once was plenty. I was mm-hmm. good after it was over. I was like, okay, now we can move on. Um, yeah. But I, I, I get the appeal. Especially yes. with, you know, the Star Trek and all that. I mean, yeah, there's a scene on there where they're on the planet in a life or death situation. And Tim Allen is clearly channeling William Shatner and the way he's moving around <laughs> in his jerky. And then, and then uh, Alan Rickman was like, you know, I see you still managed to get your shirt off because <laughs> he rips his shirt. And he's like, every episode, you always have to get your shirt off. And, and that, in the original series, William Shatner always ripped shirt. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's just, it's just perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not even, I don't think that made my honorable mentions, but oh. I, another one I respect, I respect. Fly on your honorable mentions. <laughs> I'm and I'm going to go ahead and use one. Okay. <clears throat> oh my gosh. You, Sean, you picked above that the instead of the matrix. <laughs> oh, that felt good. Whew. Whew. Okay. Felt good. Okay. Two more. Okay. <clears throat> Who's keeping count? All right. I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know we're friends, but like I have yes. that moment sometimes where you're like, yes, dear. I can. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So my number seven, and I took a slight amount of liberty here because I don't consider this necessarily horror. Okay. And it is the only movie like this on my list. Um, it's from 2003, directed by Lynn Wiseman, Kate Beckinsale, Scott Speedman, Underworld. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> no! 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 Did you just whatever me? Did you just That's whatever a- me? Not only is, okay, not only do I feel kind of about the movie, I I would really question the the sci-fi entry here. I mean, it's werewolves versus vampires. I mean. But that's not horror to me. It's. Okay. I mean, they're living. Continue. 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 Whatever me. Okay. And it honestly. It is the only what I would consider acceptable werewolf transformation movie. Ah, have you seen American Werewolf in London? Uh, yeah, which is why I said what I just said. Okay. 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 Um, anyway, so so basically, high level, we have the vampires versus the lichens, uh, which anyway, uh, you know, we in Kate Beckinsale is our lead female character, Celine. Uh, she's hot. I'll give you that. Well, she's so damn skinny. Like she's all hair. Like, like, okay. Like she's a mushroom. Okay. She's all hair. Anyway, she's a little bitty about it. Anyway. Okay. She just drinks blood. I mean, it's my guess. It's not very nutritious. That's not muscle building. Whatever. Low low carbs. Anyway, uh, but it's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
Uh, but you've got, and I, oh, I'm gone on his name, but he was in Shaun of the Dead as the stepdad. He's Victor the vampire, and he's hysterical. And he, anyway. was, he was in About Time. I'll yeah, find yeah, it. thank Bill, you. Thank Bill, you. Bill, Bill Nye. 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 Yeah, Nye. No, Bill that's Nye. the science guy. No, it's it's something Nye. I'll find Bill, it. Bill Nye, is it N-I-G-H-Y? I can't yeah. pronounce it. Anyway. Uh, but you have the vampires against the werewolves, and then you have one guy whose blood could make the difference because he is, uh, uh, and I'll try my best to quote the movie, uh, a hybrid, half vampire, half lichen. Anyway, so, uh, and that would be Scott Speedman. Um, anyway, I loved it. Loved it when it came out. Would watch it again today and still love it. Um, I think it's science fiction because it is not real. What and is the uh, what? How are the how many sequels have there been? There have been a few. The, diminishing they, returns, I'm guessing. D- definitely the, diminishing returns. Um, the yeah. the first one it doesn't get any better. Do we have the same characters? Because I know I haven't seen the sequels. I've seen the first one once. Um, in, let's see. So Celine wasn't in one of the sequels and it was all about, uh, the, the lead like in Lucian, uh, mm-hmm. and his, like how he became what he was. And I got, there was, I got a, I got a yeah. thing about movies that call them lichens. It bugs me. It's like they're being pretentious or something. Why don't you call them werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's they're lycanthropes, therefore okay, the lichens. Oh, you just whatevered me twice. All right. Anyway, I'm flashing back to Twilight. So help me God, if Twilight's on your list, I'm quitting. You better not be on your list. Oh well, you, I guess you'll have to find out. Um, anyway, yeah, there, there's another sequel that had her and Scott Speedman in it that kind of picked up where the first one left off, and yeah. then there was one without Scott Speedman. Whatever. Um, but yeah, the first one, the original, was the best. Number seven. I'm calling it science fiction. We don't have to agree. That's all yeah. right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that would make it would make make my top ten list of monster movies if I was even. But I, I just it wasn't for me. I don't know. It just didn't. It, it's right time, right? It's we're talking about yeah. it. it. Part of when you see it, it's the right time. And I have maybe I had a was this was this pre Twilight? Did I have some Twilight bias when I watched this? Or was this post Twilight? Um, this is po- Twilight was 2008. Okay. Yeah. So this was, yeah. Yeah. So this was five years pre. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Res- I respect choices. I, that, that is not even anywhere on my <laughs> radar <laughs> of movies that I would recommend okay. to anybody for any reason, but anyway, okay. that's okay. That's okay. Go for it. All right. That's okay. And you just say, okay, Sean, I don't want to hear it. Galaxy Quest is above the matrix. <laughs> lost all credibility. Suck it, Oprah. Anyway. Let's just move on. Okay. Okay. Um, but 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 to be fair, you don't believe in any anything that I've put above the matrix so far. You're like, oh, you you want to say it for everything. I know. I really except do. For except for possibly this movie. Okay. Because I ahead. know I know you like this movie. I know okay. you really like this movie. Um, and again, this is uh, two hours thirty minutes, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, Jodie Foster and Matt McConaughey, and that would be Contact. Um, Ellen Arroway. There is, uh, I, I saw this movie with, uh, uh, the, I'm the youngest child. I saw this with my middle, the middle sister, because usually I don't, I remember this because typically we didn't get to go see movies together that much. I saw a lot with my older sister, but I saw this with my middle sister 
And uh, what a what a fun ride! Um, uh-huh. What a fun ride! Uh, and this movie really stands out to me because of uh, now. Was this based on a Carl Sagan book? Right? That I know, I'm not sure. Of. I know they referenced Carl Sagan because I think he died around the time this movie was being released. Because I think at the end of it, it was said for Carl or something, and I think it was Carl Sagan. Okay. But yeah, anyway, I know that I, I got a feeling this is on your list, but, um, she, uh, she listens to radio transmissions. Um, and there's a couple of lines in the movie that just resonate with me so bad, so well. And that David Morse saying, if there's not anybody else out there, what a waste of space. It's an awful waste of space. It's an awful waste yep. of space. And there, but there is a scene in the movie that references back to, um, I can't, I, I, I have a little bit of problem buying Matthew McConaughey as sort of like this religious figure. I yes. guess he's more of a spiritual yes. figure, but he has some just wonderful conversations as, as a man of faith who also really likes science. He has wonderful conversations with her um, where, you know, explaining why he believes God exists and, mm-hmm. and asking her, you know, and she's bringing out uh, Occam's razor and, and he asked her, well, did you love your father? And she said, of course I did. And he says, prove it, prove it. Yep. And, um, it's just, it really just floored me when he said mm-hmm. that. And cause it really just, it's a very simple conversation. It really makes you think. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and she has this whole conversation about how, uh, why would God, create all of this and give us no really credible evidence to his existence. And he's like, I can't imagine a world that doesn't have a God and he's had experiences that he can't explain that he cannot explain anyway, other than the existence of God. And then yet she, at the end of the movie has a conversation with the Senate committee where she believes she has this experience where she cannot get anybody to believe what happened. Really. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, and you sort of understand that she's having sort of the same argument or having the same problems that people of faith have with people. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a very f- beautiful movie to look at special effects wise. It asks all kinds of serious questions. It's wonderful for performances. I don't know if she won an Academy Award, but God, was it criminal that she didn't for this? Uh, mm-hmm. Wonderful performances to the whole movie. Uh, just great. Just great quintessential uh, wonderful sci-fi i couldn't agree with you more um yeah. it possibly is in my list um it, so it's actually based on a 1985 novel of the same name by carl sagan okay and he conceived the idea in 1979 and with his wife wrote um like 100 pages toward a movie and then it got stuck. It got stuck in development, so he just published it as a novel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, this I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I, I love Jodie Foster in it. I loved Matthew McConaughey for just the reasons you said. He yeah. wasn't. Was he religious? Was he spiritual? Either way, he wasn't pushy. Right. You know, and they had conversations, and he would put things out there for her to think about, you know, just in conversation, but also taking it deeper, you know, to help her maybe understand herself more. Um, because I feel like he saw her very clearly and plainly and she was still discovering herself in the midst of 
discovering what was out there. Yeah. And then there's a, and there's, there's the the scene where they're interviewing candidates as the people to go. Mm -hmm. And and you could just really see the struggle on Matthew McConaughey's face when he asked the question that he knows is going to screw her up and mess her up. Cause, cause it, cause, cause in that movie, it's like, she is just perfect in this interview. She is firing everything off. Yeah. And it's like, it is obvious that she is the choice to go, but he has an opportunity to ask her a question and he knows that this is going, and that's what, do you believe in God? Mm-hmm. And, and he knows that it's going to mess her up. It's going to screw her chances, but he has to ask the question because it's that important to him, yep. even though he cares about it. And you see Tom Skerritt's character who takes that information and totally spins it and warps it and makes it. So he's the one mm-hmm. that originally gets to go. And it's just a perfect scene because he, he, he seems so strained when he says that question, he's like, he's got a look on his face where he's like, I got to do this, but God, I know I don't have to. And it's like, do you believe in God? And then of course she answers honestly uh-huh. and it completely derails everything, completely yeah. derails everything. Cause everybody's like, what? I uh, have 90% of the people on the planet believe that there's some sort of deity and you're going to sit there and represent our planet and you don't believe any of that stuff. And she's just honestly says, she's like, I don't understand the question. It was, it's not relevant. Then anyway great 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 script wonderful script and one of the best scenes in cinematic history and i quote it way too often is when she's in the pod and everything's rattling and shaking and you Mm -hmm. see the gravity shift and and (laughs) this is kind of cheesy but the gentleman who plays uh one of the scientists he's blind yeah and I've seen him in a million things. Can't think of his name, but uh, they're all asking her, you know, Doctor Arroway, you know, report back. And she's like, "Okay to go, okay to go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the blind guy's like, and nobody can hear her except for him. He's like, "No, no, wait, wait, I hear her because my senses are much stronger in my right. ears because I'm blind." She says she's okay to go. Anyway, William Finchner. That's who that was. William Finchner. Ah. Her friend Kent. Kent. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. But yeah, that's one of the classic scenes to me. Okay to go. Anyway. Yeah. Brilliant movie. So good. Contact number six. So we're on number six for you. Oh, okay. All right. Number six. Um, I don't even know that I'm going to be able to explain the premise of this movie. (laughs) I loved it so much. Uh, It's from 2020. One of the few good things that happened in that year, directed by Christopher Nolan, uh, John David Washington, and Edward. Uh, the movie is Tenet. I, okay. I agree. I do agree. That movie, I need to watch it again. Boy, I tell you, be like, drink you a five hour energy before you watch that movie. To have your brain sharp. It is visually one of the most creative movies I've ever seen. Yes. And even while you're watching it, and even after it's over, you're like, what now? Right, yes. <laughs> How did all that work? I mean, yeah. it is. God, I mean, yeesh. I had so many what the F just happened moments in that movie. Right. Um, I've seen it twice, I believe. And even the second time. Mm-hmm. I had to, I had to think way too hard. 
Um, so I'm not even going to try too hard to explain it either. <laughs> like it, it, it's it's definitely science fiction. It is. Oh gosh, yeah, time eleven. It's it's time travel. Sort of. Sort of. I mean, you're not going back to 1923 from 2020, um, but you're traveling back just far enough to certain points to try to prevent some things. But what's so interesting that I can't really explain is how everything moves backward. Mm-hmm. So once you're on the other side and you actually have to go through a very special, not portal, but, you know, turnstile, I turn believe they call it. Yeah, yeah, random turn. I don't know. It was made out of sheet metal, whatever. Um, but when you get on the other side, everything is in reverse. Yes. And there's a, there's a car chase scene that was literally a stunt driver did the whole thing in reverse. It wasn't CGI. Wow. And there's a scene where, um, God, is it Gary Oldman is in it, I think? <clears throat> no, it's not. I'll find it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, but he, so you have somebody on one side of the glass after they've gone through the turnstile. You got somebody on the other side. So you're in the same time. You're just backward from each other a little bit. Yeah. And he, instead of him saying his lines, I believe in Russian or something, uh, they, he memorized everything backward and spoke his lines backward for authenticity. Wow. And there's even, there's this fight scene between a guy and an unknown guy and the whole fight scene is done backward. Because yeah. one guy is in the real time and one guy's in the alternate time, I, I, brilliant. Yeah, it is uh, brilliant. It has an action scene, uh, a, a very large cinematic action scene at the end of the movie that is just not to be believed. Where you, where you, where you go back and forth between two different people's perspectives where one person's going one direction in time and the other person's uh-huh. going the other direction in time. But depending on where you are, the people that are going forward look like they're going backwards to the other mm-hmm. people and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It is crazy town that, that I, and, and I, th- and I think I would ask for people's patience on this movie because I think there are some people that will not like this movie because you, you really have to, wow. You really have to dial in to be yes. able to understand what's going on and, 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 and it takes, it might take repeated viewings for you to get it, but yeah. it is worth a watch. It did not make my top 20. It did not make my top 20, but maybe because of some of the stuff that I'm just saying now. Yeah. Yeah. That it was just like, Whoa, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Well, and it's another one of these where, you know, an elite group, uh, undercover right. operative, um, fighting for the survival of the world, whatever. Um, but I, I like I don't know. I it's hard to even put into words what's happening because I don't know. I'm not even gonna try. Um yeah. read about it, watch go see uh, rent the movie. It's on, whatever. it's on HBO Max if you have it. It is yeah. on HBO Max. So And if you want something that is going to challenge you, that's going to make you think 
um, this is, I know that's weird about a science fiction movie, sort of, but you got to watch it. You got to watch it. it, Try to understand it and then watch it again. Um, Mm -hmm. Robert Pattinson, I know I called him Edward. He he did a great job. He did a good job. Uh, Actually, there's a question about that movie I'll ask you off when we're done because there's, uh, there's, but I don't want to ask it during the the thing because it might give something away. Um, but interestingly, the main character who doesn't have a name, he's just the protagonist. Right. Uh, his, uh, John David Washington is Denzel's son. How did I not know that? Good mm-hmm. factoid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Well, hey, well, good on you, Denzel. There you go. Good, good performance. I hope he gets some more work. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good selection. Not in my top 20, but still respect. I like it. Like the yep. choice. Man, yep. not a lot of overlap. We're, I know we're, we're top five and we're not a lot of overlap. So That's anyway, crazy. Okay. So number five, it was going to appear somewhere. It had to, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's on your list, but it had to be on mine. Okay. Um, it had to be in top five. So I put it in at number five and that would be, uh, saw it when I was six, um, star Wars slash empire strikes back. Okay. So it has to be there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, now I put th- that's my, that's my, one of my first movie block is star Wars empire strikes back. Those two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's started off. I mean, when, when you talk about the business of cinema and what that movie ushered in, in terms of a lot of, a lot of science fiction movies that we love, there's a certain bit of homage that it needs to pay to star Wars and what it was able to accomplish and things like that. So mm-hmm. the, the, the modern film franchise stuff, good or bad, some of it's wonderful, some of it sucks, but the modern film franchise stuff that we have in place in Hollywood now lends itself completely in some form to star Wars. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of the space opera thing. There's been a lot of, uh, clones, uh, anything after, Empire Strikes Back. Um, I mean, Return of the Jedi was okay, but anything that they did after that, again, I think you're really getting into diminishing returns mm-hmm. in terms of the second three movies that were made, and then the second, the, the the third block of three movies that were made. They're all. I like to spend time in this world. I really do. Um, I think they did a really good job with the series on Disney with the Mandalorian. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Some of the animated stuff I've really liked, but it's just it. it it's so iconic and, and it's so dominated my early years in terms of, you know, toys that I played with. And I, I've, I've had to have seen star Wars, the original, I mean, it's gotta be in the thirties at least. Really? I've, I've seen that movie. It's just, I think the final battle scene where they're attacking the death star is just next to perfect cinema Mm-hmm. in terms of how exciting it was. It's the first time I ever went to a movie where I heard people openly cheer <laughs> at a movie when something happened. You yeah. Know, and and I, it hasn't happened a lot in movies that I've seen. Um, Lord of the Rings comes to mind. I saw that with a theater full of Uber nerds one time. Uh-huh. Uh, when I saw the last movie is one of them. Avengers in game. I heard people cheering in that one, but it's just, I mean, when you, when you come to science fiction, it's gotta be, it's, I mean, I, it, I don't think any list is complete without it. I doubt it's on yours, but it's, 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 it's just another one of those movies. It's so iconic. Um, I almost didn't put it on the list just to say, okay, I'm not putting star Wars on it because come on star Wars, but it's like, it had to be there. So I had to have a top five. So that's where it's at for me. 
Okay. It's just, okay. But I, that's another one of those, I, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. But I, I respect what it is, what it was and what it did for science fiction and for outer space based TV shows yeah. and movies and everything. I complete respect. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm with you. All righty. Five top five. Oof, okay. Number five. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know you will appreciate this a lot. It's from 2004 uh, directed by Shane Carruth starring Shane Carruth and David Sullivan primer. Ah, really? Top five. Yes. yes. High five, Janet. Yeah, because I apparently, clearly, I want something that challenges me. And as I said, I think it was our last podcast, I said the words to the world, anyone who will listen, surprise me. Uh, Another time travel movie, but different than your usual, in my opinion. We're talking dudes in a garage, right? And they have their day job. It probably about like, as yeah. low tech as you get. Yeah, in terms exactly. Of, in terms of special effects. R- yes, you know they're probably working at Inatech or Inatrode or whatever. Um, <laughs> and you know, so they're in the garage doing the thing. But you you start to see the imbalance, and you start to see what's happening that other people don't know is happening. Right. And how it causes the breakdown of the group and of the plan. But you have to pay attention to what's happening and when it's happening because right. and where it's happening. And it is so engaging. And time travel is. It's tight, too. It's not a long movie. Right, right. And it they, merits, it merits, once you are aware of everything that's going on in the movie, it really merits repeated viewing. Because yes. it's one of those movies that if you watch it a second time, it's a completely different experience. And when you, you know see it, the when things. You know, yeah, you you see you, those you little things. things. Mm-hmm. It that movie, that movie is a perfect example, I think, of how how script is just so important. That yes. you know, there's a, a there is a, a we may review this on the podcast, but there's a season two of a documentary series that's on Netflix called the, the movies that made us mm-hmm. uh, season two just dropped yesterday. Uh, I, I, may I, may, have, I haven't watched I may, it, but may I, not I have saw watched that. all the episodes already. Um, <laughs> but it, it talks about how certain, certain iconic movies were made in the first mm-hmm. season. I know they do home alone and they do dirty dancing and then there's a third one that I can't remember, but season two is uh, uh, Back to the Future and Pretty Woman and Jurassic Park and Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. And you listen to the the story behind how these movies were made, and really, it's you really see what's kind of a, a shit show, for lack of a better word. Sometimes Hollywood is in terms of the way that they do business and how certain people think certain things are going to suck. But it really, it really, the point I'm making is. I think a lot of the best movies um, that don't have any budget that have Mm -hmm. to rely solely on stories turn out to be the best movies just because they have the best scripts because people, you know, they think of a movie where, you know, tomorrow or 
You know, we talk uh-huh. about that in one of our podcasts mm-hmm. about how we hated that movie. Yes. And it's like, oh man, what if we did? And we we have the ability to do all this big bombastic boom stuff on the screen. And yes. what about your script? Your script sucks. I don't care what you do on the screen. And right. that script is just really tight and really good and really it's it's a great well, movie. And even the way it's shot, like it it looks. I don't say it looks low budget. Like I don't want to be it sound well, like that's an no, insult. You're right. You're right. It doesn't but, look like it's made with the best digital cameras that the world's ever made. I mean, it looks yeah, and, it and looks you, grainy at certain points. Right, and you know you don't have huge explosions and aliens coming through portals and everything. But like you right. said, it, I mean that's all well and good, but some of us don't need that to enjoy a good movie. You know, right. I, right there's a time and a place and sometimes you need what this movie offers. So yes. Number wonderful five. choice. Believe it or not, it's not in my top 20. What? What? What, I, I it's, don't know. what is happening to you? It may be, maybe I need to revisit it, but no, it's, it's not, it, it's, it may or may not be an honorable mention, but anyway. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Number four okay. on my list is, is another two bagger. Okay. And it's a two bagger <laughs> that it, it's, it's another two. It's a two bagger that has a lot of time between the two movies. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, because it's the same character, but it's played by two different actors in two different movies. And that would be um, Mel Gibson in The Road Warrior and Thomas Hardy in, or Tom Hardy in Mad Max Fury Road. Mm, okay. Um, again, not, not future. It's futuristic, post-apocalyptic, not super high tech, but it is in the future. So I think it classifies as. Yeah. Yeah, sci-fi. Totally. Now, I do also like I do also like the first Mad Max movie because Mad Max was the first movie and it wasn't as well released as the second movie, which was a Road Warrior. And you know, the one with Tina Turner Beyond Thunderdome, eh, I, take it or leave it. I didn't like it as much. Yeah, but um, but the practical stunt work that's done in both of those movies, um, if you don't know, it's a post post apocalyptic world where oil is scarce and gas is the biggest resource and people fight over it. Um, uh, cinematography and the setup of the world and costumes is, uh, and George Romero did Mad Max Fury Road, which has some of the most amazing stunt work that you have ever seen. Uh, most of that stuff that they do in that crazy movie is not CGI and it is just a, non-stop thrill ride if you like car chases and guns and shooting and speed and i mean it's just nuts and uh um i could i I think i've seen roadrunner road warrior probably 15 times i know i've seen mad max probably eight it's wow i love the visual aspect of that movie i love them and uh and again road warriors an 80s movie so again that probably and I, and I went into Fury Road thinking, okay, I'll look at it because people said it was good. And I was just like, oh, my Lord, this is incredible. <laughs> it's just, I, I think of all the movies that are on my list, I think this is a guy's guy type movie. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're a lady and you like it, wonderful. But I think this is a quintessential guy's guy's movie. Charlize Theron's in Mad Max Fury Road. Wonderful performance mm-hmm. is Furiosa. Just love it all the way around. Yeah. Okay. So. The only one I have seen is the one with Charlize. Okay. I have not seen any of the others. Okay. Um, uh, so wh- when did the, the, the earliest one come out? Mad Max was, uh, the the Road Warrior was, uh, I think, 84. 
Um, I didn't have it pulled up. Bad podcaster. <laughs> um, I'm having a mild internet issues with my phone at the moment. That's, I, I want to say when it came out, it was uh, along the time when movies probably were not so much my yeah. thing. So Mad Max was 79. Okay. Uh, Road Warrior was 81. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and uh, 85 was Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. So, uh, which was, that was the one with Tina Turner in it. We don't need another hero. That's oh, what that, yeah, that yeah. song is from that movie. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, um, but Mad Max is a little bit more low budget. Um, it's sort of, uh, he's still a cop in that movie, in, Road, in Mad Max. It's kind of like, I think, sort of at the beginning of all of this crises um, uh-huh. and society. There's a little bit more order to society in Mad Max and it sort of devolves, you know, down from that. Uh, uh, but uh, that's not, that, 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 that was not as, as that the road warrior had more wide release. So I think mm-hmm. it was a little bit more um, seen by people and the yeah. other people revisited the other one. So it's worth watching. I mean, it's worth okay. watching. All right. Yeah, I, the one with Charlize, I, I'm sure I went to see that just because it was a, you know, more of a blockbuster right. in the theater popcorn kind of. But he's the same character yeah. as yeah. was. So. Okay, gotcha. All right, good one, good one. Okay. Okay. Four. Uh, my number four is 2015, uh, directed by Dean Israelite with Amy Landecker, Sophia Black Dahlia, Virginia Gardner, Johnny Wesson, Project Almanac. Uh, another good one. Love found footage. Love this movie. Yes. And another time travel movie. So sorry. That's how, that's how we roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, some smart kids in high school trying to get into college, doing their thing. Um, one of the kids lost his dad a long time ago. Dad disappeared. Um, see some footage from a birthday party and, go down in the basement and start poking around and fast forward, they develop, well, they using existing technology, they sort of perfect uh, time travel, but it, it maybe it, it, the fact that it's kind of from a high school perspective, I mean, they're smart right. kids, right? but they're not, I mean, they're not stupid, but you know, also the, what if, you know, right. if I just fix this one little thing, then the girl will like me kind of stuff, you know? Well, yeah. And they, and they, even though they're smart kids, they, they do with their time machine things that, that kids would do to goof, to goof around and sort of correct injustices or whatever in their whatever <laughs> yeah. little minor injustices they have in their life with it. Right. And I, I just, I really, I really enjoyed the, the main character, the, the young guy who, mm-hmm. uh, who it was his dad who disappeared. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I enjoy it. Like their kind of discovery and how things happen and, right. you know, time passes and the, the little card that they were tracking is or stuff's like embedded in the wall because it's, I don't know. Uh, I just really enjoyed it. And it's, yeah, it's, and it's fun, but it still makes you think enough with the time travel to. If you're a, if, and if you're a sci-fi nerd, don't do what I've heard some reviewers do. Cause okay, this, this, this movie came out uh, and, and I, I think this is still kind of a thing, but we had a, 
kind of a, a I'm not going to say a deluge, but several movies are there for a five year period where because of paranormal activity, this whole found footage thing yeah, uh, became sort of like a popular genre. Uh, another movie, which isn't on my list because I considered a superhero movie ish is Chronicle, uh-huh. uh, which is where, you know, kids find Michael B. Jordan, a young Michael B. Jordan, they find an alien thing and they get superpowers and yeah. And that's their high school people dealing with superpowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a found footage thing. But I've heard I've heard like movie snobs and say, this is a found footage movie, but boy, the sound sure is perfect. You can just hear everything. And <laughs> right. I'm like, man, come on. You I know. know. Uh but it's uh it's yeah, it's it's a it's a fun ride. Mm-hmm. Um I I'm I've still am conflicted about the ending. I won't give it away, but I'm still conflicted about the the um ambiguity of the ending a little bit so because you know there's there's crises that they cause and you know they try to fix the crisis and did they fix it or what did they do and and then something happens i'm just like Ugh. i know it, it happens in a lot of movies like this where they give sort of an ending that's not really an ending but well anywho but- but if they had wrapped it up with a pretty little bow, you know, and made it all clean, yeah. I would have been a little disappointed. And not, yeah. and the ending was ambiguous enough that, it, like, I did, like, it, if it had been made yesterday, it would have been like, oh, wide open for a sequel. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, it was 2015. I mean, you know, they're not going to do another, I doubt they're going right. to do another one. But it was right. just ambiguous enough to leave you on the edge of your seat, like, oh, crap. You know, it's like, what's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. I don't know. Enjoyed well, it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was good. Good choice. I liked it. Um, did I recommend that to you or did I recommend that to somebody else? I couldn't remember. I I, I have think, a memory of, of, of recommending that to you, but I could be wrong. I'm not, I honestly don't know. I, or I feel like it was one that maybe I, I was like, oh my God, have you seen this? Or you said, have yeah. you seen this? And we were both, yeah. you Jinx. know, like, yeah. Well, that awesome. <laughs> Give me a Coke. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. Top three, boy. Here we go. Top two Ooh. is another double bagger. Sorry. Okay. There's the two movies that are so connected together. I have to put them on the same list. So this is two movies in my number three spot. It has to be there. Um, again, original one going back to the 80s. 1984 for the original. 1991 for the sequel. And that would be Mr. Arnold and Linda Hamilton. Terminator and Terminator mm-hmm. 2. Yeah. Um, James Cameron uh, doing his James Cameron thing. Um, again, I saw this. I saw Terminator 14, 15, 16. That's the, that's, and I, I know that's, it's a rated hard movie. You should have been watching it. Shut up. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and in Terminator 2, with its sort of at the time groundbreaking special effects with sort of the liquid metal man um, as yeah. the Terminator coming back and then making Arnold the hero of that movie. Now, I will not speak to the quality of the movies <laughs> that came after Terminator 2. They have been a mixed bag of of stuff that at best I would say is kind of meh and mm. at worst is kind of like will you mm. would please stop doing this. But um just a, a really, you know, pretty good concept of uh, a future war that's not going well for the humans and you know, they send one man back in time to save the life of John Connor, who is going to be the hero of the resistance and and another uh, robot that's sent back flesh covered robot. Cause that's the only way it can travel through time <laughs> to eliminate him. Um, so uh, I, I mean, a lot of stuff's been said about this movie. Uh, it was made when Arnold could barely speak English. So uh, <laughs> it's like his lines of dialogue in 84 
were very, very, very limited. And I remember giggling, you know, again, got to think about the age that I watched this movie, but because I think, I don't know how many movies, he, how many lines he said in Terminator. Um, I know most of them were, may I speak to Sarah Connor, please? Uh, I'll be back. That's the origina- origination uh, mm-hmm. of I'll be back. Mm-hmm. And um, the scene that made me giggle. Uh, and I think he said, I need your clothes, your boots and your motorcycle uh-huh. um, or give me your clothes or something. Uh, Bill Paxton was in that movie. A uh, very young Bill Paxton. He's the one that had the tire mark on his face and the <laughs> spiked mohawk right. that he killed at the beginning of the movie. Um, but there is also uh, a scene where uh, uh, some landlord or hotel guy is beating on his door and he's and he's sitting on a bed or fixing himself or something. And you see his perspective, which is always the red screen with a computer readout. And it lists a list of a bunch of choices of responses that he can make. And it like goes down a selection list and it stops at <laughs> F you asshole. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just Arnold. I mean, I think I he says 15 more, 15 words in that movie, but it launches his him to start him. Anyway, uh. Um, the, the Linda Hamilton's really good in it. I give her credit. What a transformation from the first movie to the second movie where she plays a battle hard and, uh, Oh my God. Sarah Connor. Uh, and I don't know. She was married to James Cameron at the time. I think, right. I don't know if they're still married. I don't know. Allow me to check on that. But Um, anyway, um, if the, the Terminator is the very first one, it's, it's very dated now. Okay the claymation sort of stop motion animatronics of it Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie where you see the robot in full bore. Okay. It looks dated now, but the quality of the movie stands up. It's great action. It's great eighties movie. And in 1991, the budget is there and you could see it. And Edward Furlong does a really good job of playing an an older John Connor. So, um, okay. I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. Yeah. You don't like Edward Furlong. He irritated the crap out of me. Oh, I was okay. like, you just like, he was just like a little asshole the whole time. I don't know. Well, but really how was he me. raised though? Think about how he was raised in the movie though. He I, was raised to hack into ATMs and learn all about bullets and guns to prepare him to be this super soldier of I a mother know. who was clearly insane, but not really. So, wow. Way to jump to his defense, man. You're very <laughs> serious about this. Well, I, know, I thought I thought he here. I mean, he, okay, he, he's not. Yeah. It's not Shakespeare. Okay, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I mean, but but I but I think him being a little a hole was part of, you know, yeah. the, the was was right for whatever the character they was. Is is you know, is somebody That's that true. was raised in that sort of a hostile environment and whose male role models, as stated in the movie, were people that could teach him stuff about weaponry and hacking and yeah. You know, so, I mean, he had, that's, that's why you develop such a relationship with the robot is because he never had a father figure. So, well, and I was just sitting here thinking, I remember that line because Linda Hamilton is narrating mm-hmm. some of this as it's happening and, and it's something to the effect of watching this machine be more right. of a father to him than his own father was or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't, yeah. But yeah, she is. Okay. So in the first one, and I recognize, I'm going to bring it back around a little bit. I recognize the year it was made. 84. But the hair, dear Lord in heaven, the hair. It was the was. 80s. I know. Oh my God. It was so scary. I know. Anyway. Okay. But yeah, I go with you. I Okay. That's yeah. my number three. Okay. My number three. Um, I'm going to say I probably took a little bit of liberty here, but I can't, I can't put it here in. Here we go. 
here. Mm, 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 zip it. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> zip it.com. Um, I can't put it in horror. I can't put it in monster. Okay. So science fiction is really the best place for it, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Uh, 2005, directed by Francis Lawrence. Keanu, Rachel Weiss, Shia LaBeouf, uh, Jaiman Hansu, I think, uh, Constantine. Hmm. I don't That's, know where you'd put that either. Okay. Then. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it's a catch all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I'll, I'll allow a loose thread there, a loose thread to it. I'd put Here's, it more, I, I would put it more into horror than sci-fi, but I'll allow really? it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I Maybe I'm jaded. Know. Maybe I'm jaded. Cause I don't I, I don't, okay. Anyway, but it is uh, based on a graphic novel. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. And Keanu is our, um, our main character, John Constantine. And he, his job is to send demons back to hell. Um, so when I say it like that, I guess it is sort of more of a monster movie, but you can't go back now. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm committed. It's number three. That's right. People I'm committed. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Um, and Since he you're um, outraged to should I watch that two one at gmail.com. <laughs> That's Janet J A N E T. Uh, he, he's doing his thing, but he starts to notice anomalies. He goes to the church talks to Tilda Swinton, who happens to be an angel. Um, then comes in Rachel Weiss, who is a detective. Come to find out she's got a little bit of the second sight like he does. And off they go to fight the son of Satan. Um, and Satan happens to pop in for a little visit, played by a guy who played it brilliantly, who was also in... I remember him first from the TV show, is it Prison Break? Um, anyway, uh, I I don't know how many times I've watched this movie. At least 15, 10 to 15 times probably in my life. Um, I love it. And the best part of it is when he rolls up those sleeves and he slams his arms together and into the light I command thee and he like summons what it mm-hmm. brilliant brilliant love it amazing I you know uh, I've seen the movie once a long time ago and I, I remember it not doing a whole lot for me but I don't think it's it's I don't think it's in my wheelhouse of I, I don't know why I didn't like it as as much as as you I I do enjoy there's a, they've revisited the character, believe it or not on the CW shows, um, mm-hmm. the legends of tomorrow, because they started to do a television show and I, and I, and I've seen a few, a few instances of that character. He's a little bit too uh, quippy for me. Yes. He's way um, too quippy. He's not, I mean, John Constantine is dark and right. I mean, serious. He, I mean, in, in the Keanu movie there, it's, yeah, he does what he needs to do, but he does really view this as a curse, as more of a mm-hmm. calling. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, but it—that's one I need to revisit. I think because I think on, I don't know what what headspace I was in in two thousand five where I didn't really like it. I mean, I'm not saying I dislike it. It's just it was like man to me. So well, it, and for me, anything that involves demons, demonic possession, exorcism, 
any right. of that is just totally in my wheelhouse. Um, and there's some great scenes where, you know, he pulls demons out of people and I, I don't know, just great, great movie. I hope yeah. there's a squeakle coming because I would watch that in a heartbeat. Well, maybe, I mean, I, I, commercially successful. I don't know how, how commercially successful it was. I don't know if it, if it has more of a cult following now or if it, uh, or if it really is people clamoring for a sequel, did it, did it leave? I don't remember. Did it leave space open for a sequel for sure? Oh yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because the, the, um, the sort of destiny, they got it back. And I think uh, Rachel Weiss gives it back to, to Constantine and she's like, you keep this safe. Or he says, gives it to her to keep it safe. And okay. there's another one of those moments where there's a lean in and there's almost a connection but like, you know, they would continue to fight evil together. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Primer and Constantine in your top mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. That is, I wouldn't give me a thousand guesses. I wouldn't have put those up there. I know you really like Constantine. I know how you feel about the Keanu. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know. A little bit of um, insight into who Janet is as a person. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, so I've got two more left. So these are the only two chances you have to say. I can't believe you put that ahead of the Matrix. And you have two left. And folks, I know what one of them is. <laughs> anyway. Um, and you should too, if unless you've not been listening at all. Anyway. So number right. two. Number, number two, two. Again, going back to the 80s. Okay. This is just my movie decade, man. Um, yeah. 1985. Hour and 56 minutes. Robert Zemeckis directed and Steven Spielberg produced Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd in Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so close to number one for me. It's not even funny. Um, really? Yes. I think this is close to the perfect movie script. I think there is. No wasted dialogue in the movie at all. There are, I feel very passionate about the entire trilogy. Now I like one and three very much. I do like two, but it's, it's the third one. It's, it's, I'm not going to say a distance third, but there's some space between my order is one, three, two, and there's some space between three and two in terms of how well I like it. Um, I think it's close to the perfect movie trilogy. Uh, there are scenes in the movie that I think are cinematic perfection. One of which is the first scene where you see Doc Brown test the time machine in the Twin Pines Mall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, where they make Einstein go a minute in the future. The scene where Marty is running from the terrorist and he goes back in time. But the perfect scene in the movie is when it's at the end of the movie and the culmination where Marty is rocketing towards the, the the waiting for the lightning strike and doc Brown's up there and the cords disconnect and he has to connect them. And the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not only that, but it's also the music. People don't talk about music enough in movies. Right. I agree. And the soundtrack. And that's why I think John Williams is such a genius. Uh, anyway. Uh, and I don't remember if he did the music for this one, but it's just, it's funny. Uh, if you have Netflix, they have an hour long documentary about or, or on the movies that made us. They have an hour long program about the making of this movie about how really? Eric, Eric Stoltz was the original Marty McFly, oh. and they got 
and they got six weeks into production and they realized that he sucked because he wasn't <laughs> funny. And, and Michael J. Fox is who they originally wanted, but they could not get him because he was working on family ties and his production schedule did not allow it. But they fired Eric Stoltz and they went and they begged the producers of family ties to let him work on this movie. And he worked at Family Ties during the day and he filmed Back to the Future at night and he barely slept during the production of this movie. And there's all sorts of just crazy, crazy behind the scenes Hollywood stuff that went went into the making of this movie. But that but but I think the movie is funny. I think it's action packed. I think the performances by everybody that's in the movie are just wonderful. Mm -hmm. This is so close to being my number one. There are, I I still, to this day, when I leave somewhere with my kids, I'll say, let's make like a tree and get out of (laughs) here. And they're like, it's leave you idiot. You said anyway. That's about as funny as a screen door on a, on a sub battleship. It's like a submarine, you moron. It's, it's just, it's, it's damn near close to the perfect movie. I have seen that movie. I don't know how many times I couldn't tell you. It is many, many, I've wasted years of my life. I'm sure on watching that movie. I love it. I love it. I love it. It is so close to number one. It's almost one a, so. Wow. It came out when I was like 15 and I have never seen anything like it. When I saw, it. I think I saw that movie had to be six times in the theater. Had to be. Wow. Well, and I can okay, trying to imagine myself being a 15 year old boy, like how much better could your life get that then you a, get in this a hot yeah. sports car that takes you back in time? Back in time. I yeah, mean, I get it. It's I just, mean, not completely, I think it's perfect. But I, get it. I think it's close to a perfect movie script, but and then Back to the Future Part Two is good, but. Uh, the makeup effects were a little bit eh, in that movie. Back to the Future mm-hmm. Three, set in the Old West. Now, uh, going, I'm, I'm rambling, but yeah, the yeah. Back to now in Back to the Future Part Three, I think has the best movie scene of the trilogy, and that's when the train is accelerating up, being pushed. They're pushing the DeLorean up to 88 miles an hour using the train. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best scene in the entire trilogy. Really, I, I, it is. I think it's incredibly exciting. I love Westerns. Okay. I love Westerns. So Mm -hmm. you're, you're putting science fiction into a Western setting and that whole thing where Doc Brown is trying to get back to the DeLorean, but then, but then, you know, his love of his life is on the train and he has to save her, but it still is accelerating up and he has to use a hoverboard and it's just, okay. And what I'm I'm rambling. Shut up. (laughs) This is the first time. The other reason that this movie holds a, holds a, a, a thing in my heart is this is the first time that I realized and I, I figured out an Easter egg all by myself, right? Any of the help of the internet. And that's in the first movie uh-huh. where the, you know, the, the mall is twin pines mall. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he goes back in time and to the farm about this crazy guy that had the dream of building pine, breeding pine trees. And when he escapes, one of the things he does in the car as he's being shot at is he runs over a pine tree. Uh-huh. There, are two, there are two pine trees and a little picket fence and he runs over it and the guy goes, you just killed my pine. Why you? <laughs> and then when he goes back to the future and he goes uh-huh. back to the mall to save Doc Brown, the name of the mall is now Lone Pines Mall. 
instead of twin pines. Twin pines mall. <laughs> and it, it was probably it was probably on my fourth viewing of that movie where I saw him run over that pine tree, and I was like, "Wait a minute, that means those something. were two pines." There's the name of the bio. I wonder if when he goes back, it'll be different. And they don't mention it, and he runs up to the sign, and the sign says Lone Pines Mall, and I was like. Yes, fifteen-year-old <laughs> Maeve saw that and figured it out. And anyway, I'm king so, of the world. <laughs> I know. I'm rambling. Love the movie. And I, I would two things. Um, I would use my phrase again. Once was enough. Gosh, and and I'll use my second one. I'm sorry. Are you telling me that yes. Back to the Future is better yes. than The Matrix? This is better than The Matrix. This is this is better you than The Matrix, and it's not even not close. Just say it's that not out loud. Even close. It's not even close. Oh sorry. my God! How are we friends? How? God. Tell me. Back to the Future. Wonderful. Damn it. Okay. It's okay. All right. It's okay. okay. All I'm right. right. You're wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> this is America. You're entitled to whatever wrong opinion you want. So hashtag America. Okay. <clears throat> My right, number two. Number two. Deadpool. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Wait, no, he's not a movie. Reynolds movie yet. So anyway, <laughs> he, he's not a movie. Wait, shut up, Janet. Okay. Um, you have already mentioned this one. Okay. The 1997 Robert Zemeckis, Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey. Contact. Okay. Contact. I, I you I'm know, pretty sure I called your one and two. Yeah, ago, you, yeah. So I, I can't. Nothing else can be said. Stop yeah. what you're doing. Watch it. Appreciate it. You're welcome. It's wonderful. It is. It's wonderful. wonderful. It is wonderful. Definitely, we can. We may. We may disagree on a lot, but we definitely agree. But so yes. my, my number six and her number two. So uh-huh. that's going to be your highest overlap for sure. Uh, even after you hear her number one, which we yeah. Are. <laughs> Okay. Anyway. Uh, okay. okay. Number one. So, but wait, well, before we oh, do wait, number honorable one. Mentions. Yes. Yeah. Let's do some on. honorable mentions. Okay. Let's... Fire off some. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go into any detail when I say these. I'm going to say okay. um, E.T., Terminator, the original, Ghostbusters, the original, Jurassic Park, the original, uh, Predator, uh, Avatar. Minority Report, The Fly, Guardians of the Galaxy, both RoboCops, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Inception, Back to the Future, um, the Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Dune, Stargate, Predestination, and Men in Black, the original. Yeah. So we, we do have a lot of overlap in there, for sure. Yeah. Okay, good. My honorable mentions. Uh, going back, you're going to hear a lot of the ones you heard Janet say. Uh, Ex Machina, for sure. What mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of mine. Uh, uh, Inception, which, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong list. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Ex, my, my, that was on my list. Westworld, the original uh, Michael Crichton 1970 book about not the TV series. It's on HBO Max, uh-huh. even though that's okay, but that gets a little... I think that's getting a little lost in the weeds and its own sci-fi pretentiousness at times. Yes. But the original movie with, uh, I think it was made in 73 with, um, Yul Brenner. Um, mm-hmm. good movie, uh, moon, uh, with, uh, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Um, they live, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of <laughs> bubble gum. Um, never has a movie with a professional wrestler been as good as that. Um, rowdy, Roddy Piper, uh, puts on the glasses and sees the aliens. <laughs> so uh, that is a great 80s movie. If you haven't seen it, seen it. Men in Black, uh, Primer, 
the Iron Giant animated movie uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. Wally Pixar, mm-hmm. um, Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal, about um, <gasps> the time travel. I forgot oh, about that one. Oh, I lost another, that one. Lost another, that one. Another Groundhog Day, Tom Loopy kind of thing. Yep, yep. And the ending is. Boom. Yeah, Woo. your head explodes. Yeah, Woo. yeah, for sure. Uh, District Nine uh, uh, with yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Avatar. Uh, well, again, another one of hers. Minority Report. Uh-huh. Um, the Fly with uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum. I don't know if I, is that sci-fi? Is that horror? I don't know. Yeah, it's on my list. It's on my honorable okay. mentions. For okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, is that all of them? The Arrival. Uh, you, that's one you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm making sure I'm not missing one because you know I have sticky notes. The Martian, <laughs> Men in Black, and I'm going to say this one that you're going to scoff at: Independence Day, because I think you hate that movie. <laughs> it's an honorable mention. It no, has to, it has to be no. on my list for marital harmony. My wife loves no. that movie. All respect and love to your beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. That was one of the stupidest suck-ass moose. Big, the biggest hairy old moose balls <laughs> that could be sucked. I'm not talking about the sequel, the original. All right, all right. You so am it. I. I get it. So am I. All right. A, 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 a few more. Time after time, 1999, H.G. Wells goes back, co- co- travels to the future to catch Jack the Ripper. Uh, if you haven't seen it, see that. Close Encounters. Okay, it's on my honorable mention because I feel like it should be, but I never have gotten that movie. My dad loved that movie. I mean, I I never really understood the appeal other than the fact that it was groundbreaking in its visual effects. I get it. Mm-hmm. But all I see is Richard Dreyfuss playing with mashed potatoes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand the appeal of it. I, I know Blade Runner. I, I get a little bit of my sci-fi cred back since Blade Runner wasn't on my yeah. list. Yep, yep. It's on my honorable mentions. And uh, my last one is uh, last two are Starman from 1984 uh, with Bridges and Mm -hmm. Karen Allen. Eh, I mean, it's again, 14 when I saw it. So anyway, and a a real and a real, real cheese ball, cheese ball. Oh, God. Is is Flash Gordon (laughs) with, (laughs) with the Queen soundtrack. And Sam Jones, Flash. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Okay, yeah. Okay. Max von Sydow was Magnum Merciless. I mean, just cheese ball after cheese ball factor of that movie. But anyway, it's goofy. It's grand. I think I saw it when I'm 12. So, uh, Well, okay. Good so there's, Janet. We've, we've given people 150 movies to watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all bitches get busy. Okay. All right. So, 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 so there's two that I have not heard. One surprises okay. me, and one I was just gonna like hang up and well, maybe, walk out if you said. Maybe, maybe I mentioned it. Maybe, I, maybe I forgot it. So what? Oh are they? God! Oh my God! What if it's when you're number one? Maybe I okay. should keep my mouth shut. Uh, okay. Well, okay. okay. Save that to the end and say which ones I'm okay. surprised I didn't mention. All right, and just a quick um, back to your number two. Yes, uh, allow perfectly. me to quote: "She's my density." Anyway, okay. Yes. That was, yeah, I She's appreciate my that. My density. Okay. All right. This is Number it. One. You've been through two podcasts almost to get to, to this number one piece of information that will change your life, Sean. <laughs> Life-changing well, my, revelations are about to my, happen. Exactly. My number one is part mm-hmm. of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
the uh, original movie was 1979. The sequel was 1986. Uh, this movie has a special edition that is out that has added footage that I highly recommend that you watch. But the original is also really, really good. Um, it has spawned many, many movies after it, all of which I hate um, and do not like. But this movie is... My number one sci-fi movie, it is unquestionable, has to be number one. Whenever I, whenever I did this list, the first thing I wrote down was number one in this movie. And that is Sigourney Weaver in Aliens, the sequel to Alien. Now, I consider Alien as a sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. but I consider it horror mostly with science fiction later. Now, Alien... I, it, it came out when I was under 10. Okay. So I could not see, I did not see that movie in the theater because that movie's way too intense for somebody that's not, you know, a teenager at least. Um, but I, it, I've, the original I saw, and it is a perfect example of building up tension mm-hmm. because for the first 45 minutes of the movie, pretty much nothing happens. I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's world building is what's yeah. happening. Um, but you, but you're exposed to this world and what they deal, but aliens, which was the sequel, uh, just turned up the monsters to 11. Um, it had a wonderful cast of space Marines who go and save a colony of people, um, uh, who have lost contact. And they asked Sigourney Weaver to go because she is a consultant who knows about these things. And these people have no idea what they're walking into. And it is just the perfect action sci-fi movie. The special edition is much better. It has added scenes in it that adds context to the family of the little girl that they find in the base. It is a groundbreaking performance by Sigourney Weaver. It's, I think it's the beginning of the female action star. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, Bill Paxton has a wonderful performance where he's the he's the badass Marine, but when things go to crap, he's like, "Oh man, we're we're, we're really screwed now, man. We're really what, what are we gonna do now, man?" And it's oh, I, I I don't know how many times I've seen it. I if it's on, I have to watch it. Uh huh. I've got the DVD. I've oh, it's I just love every thing about that movie i mean it's Mm -hmm. just got little throw-off lines that are hilarious like you know there's a really macho woman vasquez who's a marine and what and they ask have you ever been mistaken for a man and she goes no have you and and it's i i i I would i would gush for an hour on this movie i love Mm -hmm. aliens it's the sea and now alien three sucks Alien Resurrection sucks. Everything after Alien versus Predator. Stop Prometheus. it, people. Prometheus. Prometheus. Uh, okay, Prometheus was wasn't too bad. Okay, eh. All right. Okay. Whatever. Wasn't bad, but you didn't really know what was supposed to not know it was an alien thing. But exactly. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Performances all around. Action all around. It's scary. It's wonderful. It's aliens. Yeah. Number one. Number one. Um, total respect. I, yeah. I agree that everything you said, I agree, except for the fact that it should be number one. Um, and <laughs> there is no way in hell that some Wrong. creepy crawling alien in space is Wrong. better than Wrong. The Matrix, which is number one on my list. Yeah. 
I did the same thing as you. I accept, you know, spreadsheet Janet is my name. <laughs> I created a spreadsheet and I wrote the matrix contact Constantine. And then I went from there. Everything else. Everything else. Ah, <laughs> uh, Okay. Wow. Back to the future. Not on your list. Not on my list. Honorable mentioned at least. Honorable mentioned after one viewing. So it must have had something to. I mean, it was, I mean, it. So the matrix, did you, did you go into it not knowing what you were going to see or did you just hear people say it was good? I'm trying to remember. And and that's, that's sad. I feel like I had some kind of idea, like surely I had seen a trailer for it Yeah. or I probably wouldn't have gone. Um, I remember I, the marketing for that movie, keeping a lot of things under wraps. Yes. Cause I was, I mean, I've always been a trailer watcher. I'm a little uh-huh. bit scared of being a trailer watcher, but I, yeah. I, I remember going into that movie with like, no I, idea no. of what the concept of the movie was. It, like I, I, I mean, I remember feeling like I had an idea clearly that it was some kind of sci-fi, something that was different, but the things that they did with the camera angles Mm -hmm. and the, that was, I'd never seen that ever. And it it blew my mind and the Wachowski brothers who then became the Wachowski sisters who are now just uh, the Wachowskis. There is nothing they could have done to make that a better movie. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about the sequel, the trilogy as a whole? I mean, are we talking diminishing returns in Reloaded and Returns, or what was the last one? The Matrix? Re- was it Revolution? Revelations? Revolutions? Revolutions? Or, I don't know. I who cares? Um, it, it's one of those where if they had stopped after the first one, right. everybody still would have been just fine. Yeah. Um, the second one wasn't as bad as the third in my opinion was not yeah. crazy about the th- like the third one when there were like hundreds of agent smiths and it lit you i remember watching it on the screen and it went from an actor to a cgi neo fighting yeah, like you, yeah. it was so clear what they were doing and i hated it um now, there were still some pretty good fight scenes, I believe, in yeah. the... You there know, was a but, chase scene in that with those little twins that were... I thought yes, was really that good. was really cool. They would just, like, disappear and, like, appear. Yeah, that was really yeah. cool. Um, but the first one, it, it, you cannot do anything better than what they did with that movie. Yeah, I mean, it was it was, it, it was groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. different. I, I remember, as I said, I remember after watching it, I was like, okay, I've never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. In my life. Um, but yeah, it was really diminishing returns. I, I, I really hated the bat. I, I didn't like it when they went to Zion. No. And, you know, you saw all these other people kind of thing. And there, there was this whole speech with uh, what the architect about, you know, <sighs> is it predestination? Are we doing it? It's a loop. You know, I mean, I thought it was interesting, you know, because they had a, was it in the first one where they had the speech where they said they, their original plan was to make it a perfect utopia, mm-hmm. but it, it never took yeah, um, because nobody believed it. So we had to put in conflict or put in stuff, the, 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 uh-huh. the ability to get out kind of a thing. And, and, yeah. I, and I thought that was an interesting concept, but then it's like, oh, it blew up and it's like, all right, now we got to do something. I don't know if they had a, a trilogy planned, whatever they first did it. 
Well, and you can tell to, to me by the second movie, you can tell that either they didn't expect it to be as big as it was yeah. it's or like, something. Oh, crap, but, what do we do now? <laughs> right. So now you come to the second movie and you're bringing in like all these well-known, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith was in it. Like there are several other like very well-known people and not that Keanu Reeves isn't well-known. Um, right. But like, I'd never even heard of Carrie Ann Moss before the matrix. Right. right. And so you get to the second one and they start pulling in a lot of people and they try to make it. And, and I know where they were going with it. Clearly. Yeah. Um, it, it's just the way they got there. Uh, like, like the, um, I started to say the Mandalorian, the, uh, Oh my God. What was what the, uh, the, the guy that they went to find out where the key maker was the Merovingian. Oh, Merovingian. Um, yeah, there's just some weird, weird well, yeah, extra yeah. scenes that weren't necessary. And and, then, and and at the end, you know, at the very end of the, of the third movie, it's like kind of the, the Christian imagery is pretty much hit you over the face with it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. Wow. Look, he's going into yeah. the machines. It looks like a cross. I did like, uh, I, I was, I think between the first and second movie, the, the actress that played the Oracle, I think she passed away. She passed away. Yeah. Cause it's a different, different, because I, I really, I really thought she was, did a good job. You know, mm-hmm. as as that character, and I, I really love that line where um, he turned around and he dropped the plate. He broke something or something. And he's like, oh, "I'm sorry to do that." Or she she said, "Oh, what's really going to bake your noodle later is would you have done it if I'd have said anything?" <laughs> oh, she, he said, "Don't worry about that vase or something." Yeah, and he like turned around and knocked it off, and it broke. And he's like, "You know, did you know I was going to?" And I thought yeah. that was a good line. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, and- I, you know, I have you know, it was number eleven. Oh my uh, list, so it's just, it's just, but I'm hearing aliens a lot of this. A lot of talky talk in the ear holes, Sean. <laughs> um, I, the matrix, I, I've, I've never seen a movie in theaters as much. Like I paid money to go see that at least hard earned money, at least five times in the theater. Um, and then, you know, I, how many times have I watched it since then? And a couple of years ago, you know, how sometimes the theaters during the summer, they'll do like a mm-hmm. flashback and they'll bring back some of the older movies. You paid money again. Uh, Even honey, though you own it on Amazon Prime, you have it on DVD and Blu-ray yeah. and Laserdisc and you have a t-shirt. <laughs> and Beta. At every VHS, I, you VHS tape with VH, Matrix. So. Somewhere. I paid money to sit in a theater and watch that magnificence happen again in front of my eyes. And it was worth yes. 10 times what I paid to see it. I would do it again this afternoon if I could. Well, Brilliant. Folks, we, we feel passionate about our number ones. That's yes, for sure. we do. And you know, those of us who are right in our list <laughs> with the matrix is number one are a little bit more passionate than others who shall not be named. So I think we had one overlap in our top 10. And that that is very surprising to that me. That is very surprising. I thought these podcasts were going to be a litany of the same movies over and over and over again. Uh-uh. We had one one overlap in our in our top ten, and I think one overlap in well, no, we had upgrade that was an overlap, mm-hmm. and Looper was an overlap because you didn't have Inception on yours, right? Uh, honorable mention. Honorable mention, but none. Wow, yeah. wow, man, did we give you guys work to do? <laughs> I'm telling you. Surprising, surprising. Okay, watch Aliens first. Okay, and then go. And if you haven't seen The Matrix by this point, okay, people, come on. Yeah. 
Well, and, and if sci-fi isn't your thing, I will forgive you. Um, but start Aliens, and about 10 minutes in when you're like, what the F am I watching? <laughs> Stop it, and then start well, the Matrix. Sequel, you have to at least get a YouTube video of the plot of Aliens. Uh, what's going on. Gentlemen, your men are already dead. Um, anyway, there. the Matrix. All right. Brilliant. Aliens. Brilliant. Okay. Follow the White Rabbit. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. And, and Morpheus, Morpheus was brilliant. Yes. Lawrence Fishburne, brilliant. Yeah. And it's actually, it's actually terminology from that movie, at least in terms of red pill and blue pill has worked its way yes. into the, you know, the verbal lexicon of society oh. now. So, and for Sean can see me the, you know, the br- bring oh, it yeah. on kind yeah, of thing. Bring it on. Yes. Yeah. When he's fighting in the, with the, yeah. I know, I know Kung Fu. Um, and interestingly enough, if you're a fan of John Wick or if you watch the John Wick movies, he and Morpheus came back together for the first time, if oh, I'm not wow. mistaken, uh, sharing the screen in John Wick three. Now they, I've, I've, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, did they, th- please tell me they didn't do some cheesy, wait, do I know you from somewhere? Kind of no, thing? they okay, didn't, thank God. but I feel like I read somewhere that there, there was, there is one scene in the third one where the guy at the Continental asks him, asks Neo, what he's like, what do you need? And he actually says the line, guns, lots of guns. Lots of guns. Wow. Yeah, from the Matrix. And I, I feel like he didn't want to, but it ended up in the movie or something. Yeah, that, that might be my favorite scene from the Matrix is when uh, is when Neo and uh, Trinity go to save Morpheus in the lobby of that hotel. Oh, where that just- is brilliant everywhere and flipping off walls and stuff it's it's, oh yeah the cartwheels and killing people upside down and just it's amazing and the scene with the helicopter and the yeah yeah love it love it starting to believe (laughs) (laughs) all right folks well over the last two podcasts these are by far our longest podcast but it was needed we needed to do it this is stuff we feel passionate about if you have uh, any things that you think are glaring omissions, you know, please mention it on our Facebook page, on our Twitters, and send us an email at Should I Watch That Two One. Uh, it could be something that I haven't seen before. I'd be surprised um, because this is a genre that I gravitate towards, and I usually soak up anything good or bad that is is on it. But hey, if you've got something that you think we missed, uh, or if you want to lambaste me for not having <laughs> Matrix in the top ten, that's fine. Um, let us know. Cause I'd like to know if there's something that I, that I have missed. And, uh, and, if, and when you're telling Sean that he's wrong about number one, um, <laughs> direct, direct your messages to him specifically. Yes. Yes. Uh, my, so my, I aliens was not even on your top 20. So at least no. your number one was on my list. So I think. Oh I yeah. Cause bit. I'm right. Um, <sighs> I am glad you didn't say here are the two things. Oh yes. Glad you didn't say Starship Troopers. Ah uh, no. Because I no. would have shut this mess down and walked away from you. Right? No. Okay. No. And I'm surprised I did not hear Tron from you, the original. Um. This is it's this is another uh, Miller family controversy. Um, <laughs> I, sh- uh, my wife hates that movie. Hates mm-hmm. it. Um. I recognize. Uh, what it was in terms of its graphical achievement for its time. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't think the story holds up very well. Uh, I, I liked it as a younger person. It, it's one of those movies that didn't freeze in time for me. Yeah. Like, I, like I watched it. I was like, Oh, this is cool to look at when I was a kid. But upon repeated viewing, you know, in my 20s, I was like, okay, this is a visual achievement for its era. era. Uh-huh. But but the the, I, the story, you don't care as much about story, you know, when mm-hmm. you're 12. Yeah. Um, and and this the story was just kind of like, ugh. And I, I did watch Tron Legacy, which I wasn't really bowled over by either. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's it's funny you mentioned that because because the wife thinks that was the dumbest movie ever created. She can't oh, stand that movie. Um, Starship Troopers is worse, but I well, not I mean, a fan. Starship Troopers is is kind of a satire too of yeah. of, of of different types of things. Um, but hey, yeah, it's got MPH in it. <laughs> Starship Troopers. <laughs> Anyway. Can it be all that bad? I don't know. Doogie. Anyway. Anything Doogie's in. Anything awesome. with Doogie. Well, he was also I mean, in Her- Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Well, that's true. <laughs> I don't I, I don't hate Starship Troopers. I don't, I've seen it more than once. Um, you I'm know, they made, they made a couple sequels that are tr- like direct-to-video trash. So but yeah. it's it's uh, it's just kind of nah, middling for me. It didn't get honorable mention, but whatever. <laughs> Fair to middling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. But anyway, uh, well, we're going to wrap it up, folks. Let us know. Uh, Again, very curious to know what your opinions are. I want to make sure I haven't missed anything in this genre because, you know, I really like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, if you got, uh, remember, uh, find us on the Facebooks and the Twitters and the email us. Should I watch that 2 1? Thanks for listening, everybody. The Instagrams. Two hour mark. And the Instagrams, yes. We're hitting the two hour mark. So I hope you're on a long car trip when you're listening to this (laughs) and you're not outraged and didn't, you know, Go into a ravine or a ditch whenever you <laughs> heard number ones. Oh, so yeah. When you heard not, that the Matrix not. was number 11, I yeah, crashed my car oh my over goodness. that one. Anyway, anyway. Whatever. But thanks yeah, for listening, right. folks. And uh, give us a like or a subscribe or give us a rating on your podcast stuff, wherever you listen to it. We'd appreciate it. It helps. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. See ya.